Hallelujah. It reminds me of the scripture that we should be content with such things as we have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I'm thankful for him. He's, he's enough. He's more than enough. Amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise. Thankful for him this morning. Praise the Lord. Appreciate our music and our praise team this morning, our media and sound. Thank you, guys. And again, to all the mothers that are here, thank you. And all those that are visiting because it's Mother's Day, God bless you. We're so glad you're here today. And uh, again, we want to make sure you take part of the refreshments and things outside as you exit today. But before we get to that, man, we're going to get to, to hear this good word of God. And I'll tell you, last week, our anniversary services were exactly just like we prayed, just really wanted God to move and speak. And uh, every message, every service was just tremendous and impactful. And um, I thought that Sister Lois did such a tremendous job last week in that 11 o'clock service was just phenomenal. And uh, so we had already scheduled her last year after anniversary service. We scheduled her for Mother's Day this year. So we've been waiting for a year for this to come up. So and uh, so we're glad she's here. Glad again that her family was able to come and be with her. And uh, let's give them a hand. This is our dear friend. And uh, we just love her so much. Sister Lois, if you'd come this morning. Let's give her a hand as she comes this morning. Mother's Day. Um, I'm just been anticipating this for a year as well, <laughs> and I'm super excited to be here. I I'm thankful for everything God did last week. So many of you shared your testimonies with us, and wow, wow, God's amazing. God knows what He's doing all the time, all the time. You guys can be seated. Um, I want to say thank you, first of all, to the Waldens. Wow. Right? I love them so much. I can't even tell you how many times that uh, she's just been there for me. And I'm, and I'm grateful. Their friendship means the world to us. I'll never regret investing into their kids and and going to Africa with them and all the places and things we've done, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And thank you for the gift basket and the accommodations. Everything was wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I just want to, like, kind of introduce y'all a little bit to my family because y'all are family and they're family and you need to know each other. <laughs> so my oldest daughter, Morgan, is here and her husband, Jared, and their three beautiful children, Wyman, Hazel, and Henry. Hi, Henry. And then my uh, second daughter and her husband live in Nashville, and they weren't able to be here this weekend. They have three beautiful children as well. What did I say? Boo. Jude. <laughs> and then my oldest son, Jordan, is here, and his wife, Brooke, and little Leon. My little Leon. Hi, buddy. I love them so much. I'm so thankful. And Judah, of course, you all know Judah. Judah, Judah went way out of his way to help me this weekend. I thank you for that, Judah. Picked up stuff I forgot, went and got me coffee. He's just been, he's been nice. So thank you guys, family, for being here. It means the world to me. I love y'all. I love y'all. 
Um, as a mother, God has taken me lots of places. I'm not going to read a text, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. As a mother, God's taken me a lot of places. Places of great joy and places of heartbreak. Places where I'm surrounded by children, right? And you go in the bathroom just to have a moment alone. <laughs> and they're, they're peeking in the door. What you doing? You know. Places like that. Places now where I'm doing the empty nesting thing and there's no children around. Um, there's nothing like motherhood to teach you who you are. Sometimes um, just utter thankfulness for how good God is. And I tell people all the time that the fact that my kids made it to adulthood and are functioning adults is a miracle. <laughs> like near-death experiences and, you know, homeschooling is just amazing. God's been good to us. But then sometimes in the revelations of our failures and shortcomings of being a mom, we see ourselves pretty clearly. Um, I'm just going to tell a couple of stories. I promised Morgan I wouldn't tell a lot. So I'm not going to talk about you. I'm just going to talk about the other kids. Um, but when Jordan was about two, one or two, um, we were coming home from somewhere. The girls were in school. So it was just me and Jordan. I'm in the front seat. He's in the car seat in the back. And I stopped, we had one of these houses that uh, the driveway kind of went downhill, and there had been a garage there, right, but they changed it into a bonus room, so now there's a window, you know, it's part of the house. So I stopped at the top of the driveway to um, get the mail, and I don't know why, but I thought I'd just, you know, coast down the driveway with one foot out the door. I mean, who does that? But I did that, thinking that when I got to the bottom, I just, you know, pressed the brake, well got to the bottom and I pressed the clutch instead of the brake the car didn't stop and we if if Tim was here he would say I ran right into the living room and the car was sitting in the middle of the living room but that's not it wasn't quite that bad but I did hit the house and I did do damage to the house both outside and inside so it was, it was a pretty good impact um, and I was terrified thinking uh, you know is Jordan okay and he's back in the back seat making noise and I'm like oh I'm such a terrible mother I put him in danger and he's terrified he's crying his eyeballs out and I turned around to look at him and he was laughing so hard he couldn't breathe <laughs> he just thought it was the funniest thing so um you know so this mom that did that let me tell you one more terrible story this is a mom failure but that's okay you know that way you know I'm real um our daughter, Megan, she's not here, so I can talk about her. <laughs> she, um, she had a few accidents when she first got her license. She had a few wrecks, a few tickets, you know, that kind of thing. And so one day she, she called me and she said, Mom, I had a wreck. So, you know, the loving mother that I am, I said, was it your fault? <laughs> Didn't ask her, are you okay? Didn't say, I'm, I'm sorry, baby, are you okay? No, no, no. I said, is it your fault? Was it your fault? And she was hurt, and it was a terrible wreck. And I felt like, you know, that big. God will teach you about yourself in motherhood. <laughs> I've since apologized. We're all good, and she wasn't mad about it. But, I mean, what an epic fail. Wow. As mothers, we all have uh, epic moments that we won't forget, right? Um, honestly, I'm that mom that forgets a lot. I, I really do. I can't tell you about the first time my kids walked. I know they did, because <laughs> they're walking now, <laughs> but I don't remember it. I, uh, I don't remember if they've had chicken pox or not. 
I don't, I don't know. These things just don't stay in my mind. I don't remember what their first day of school was like. <laughs> I don't, I'm just not that mom. Um, but I can tell you, I've, I'm so proud to see and watch them walk through tough situations and remain faithful to God. I can tell you stories of how they'd handled seasons of testing and allowed God to establish their character. I can tell you uh, just watching them as a mother when they were younger walk through sicknesses and the helplessness you feel. Um, I could tell a lot of stories, but again, I promised Morgan I wouldn't. So I'll stop. But I was not that mother that had these big expectations, right, of what life would bring me. I didn't dream about what it would be like when I was a mother. I know some people do, and if you do, that's great. I just didn't. I didn't have any preconceived ideas about how it all would play out, right? I just didn't. Um, There's been some phases of motherhood that have taken me by surprise. Well, probably every phase. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, Some were delightful and some were challenging. But in every season, whether in abundance or in scarcity, God had a place prepared for me before I got there. We're going to talk today about, and God prepared a place. God prepared a place. He loves to prepare places for his people. Uh, In the Garden of Eden, the Bible said there were trees in abundance, and and they were pleasant to the sight and good for food. I I love that, right? I love nature, so I love that. Maybe some of them were those majestic live oaks you see in in, on Jekyll Island with their tree trunks that are, you know, parallel to the ground, it feels like. The limbs are like tree trunks and the Spanish moss swaying in the wind. Or maybe it was like giant sequoias that reached way up into heaven and their dark green leaves contrasting against that blue sky. It says there were trees full of fruit. Maybe it was citrus fruit, peaches, avocado, which is delicious, and pomegranate. I mean, just... Can you imagine and a river that flowed through and sparkled in the sun? It had gold and delium and onyx stone in abundance. It had flowers of every variety, creating a fragrant land bursting with life, a magical land of serenity and goodness. God prepared that for mankind. He made that place for man. Of course, you know how the story goes. We, we, we lost access to that through sin. But God, that didn't God stop God from preparing places. Exodus 23, 20 says, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. So he's talking right here about the promised land, that land that flows with milk and honey, a rich land with brooks and deep springs that gush out into valleys and hills where soil is prepared and bursting with wheat Barley, vines, figs, olives. It's a place where giants lived and cultivated giant things. God used that to prepare that land for us. That we would inhabit things that we didn't grow. And we would go to places that someone else did for us. That's the place that he created. Again, you know, we weren't so good at keeping our covenant with God. So we lost, or Israel lost that land. But we have another place that's being prepared. In my Father's house are many mansions. John 14, 2 and 3. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, 
there you may be also. It's all God's ever wanted. That's all, he, that's all he's ever wanted is to prepare a place where we can be together with him. Revelation 7, 9, and 10 says that there be vast crowds, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They are all clothed in white robes and hold palm branches in their hands, and they shout with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Revelation 7, 15 and 17, they stand in front of God's throne. They serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne gives them shelter. This is what God wants. This is what he's designing for us. They will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun, for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Listen, we need to go back over and read these scriptures sometimes. Remember what God is preparing for us. Revelation 21, 10 and 11 says that prepared place, the holy city Jerusalem will descend out of heaven from God. It shines with the glory of God and sparkles like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. These are things we can't even comprehend. I mean, how does jasper get so clear or so I just can't, I can't even fathom it. The same thing with, with the gold, Revelations 21, 18 through 21. The wall made of jasper and the city made of pure gold as clear as glass. What does that look like? Oh, my word, I have no idea, but I can't wait. The wall of the city is built on foundation stones inlaid with precious stones, jasper, sapphire, agate, emerald, onyx. By the way, that word onyx, you only find it in the Garden of Eden and in heaven. So what God prepared at the beginning is what he really wants us to partake of. This is what heaven is. Carnelian, chrysolite, beryl, topaz. I had to look up some of these and I still don't. Chrysophrase, I think. Jacinth, maybe. And and amethyst. The 12 gates are all made of pearls and each gate is a single pearl. What in the world? I, I mean, wow. That's, that's a, that's incredible. Oh, what a day that's going to be. I'm so looking forward to living in that place that he's prepared for me. But in the waiting, until we get to that place, here we are. We're living right here. Um, The garden, the promised land, and heaven are not the only places God has prepared for us. He doesn't prepare a place, and because we mess up, there's no other place for us. That's not how it works. Um, As I walked with God, I've experienced some places where I thought I was alone, where I thought I had no hope, where I thought even God was surprised by what was happening in my life. But even in those places, God prepared a place for me. Um, In 1981, and I know you guys can't believe this, right? I was a sophomore in high school. I know. How, How can I be 35 and do that? It's impossible. But my world was turned upside down. I was a sophomore in high school. My older brothers and sisters were all off at college, and I was the only child left in the house. And um, I was at a Presbyterian planning retreat. Um, My dad was a Presbyterian minister, and I got a phone call that my mom said she was leaving, that when I got home, she wouldn't be there. And my whole world turned upside down. I thought... I I, mean, I did. I had an idyllic childhood. I was loved. I never questioned that. Um, 
I, I was raised in a beautiful home. And by the way, I give honor to my mother today who has taught me so much and so many wonderful things. I honor her today. But a place at that time, I was so confused. Everything that I thought was real just kind of fell away. And I was, I was left confused, depressed. Um, fear. I felt rejection. And I know, you know, mentally, and and mom even said, I tried to wait till you were in college, but I just couldn't wait. I had to leave. I knew she wasn't rejecting me. I knew that in my mind, but in my heart, I still felt it. I was in the big middle of a wilderness where I didn't know where to turn or what what to believe. I was very confused. But God had a place prepared for me. God does amazing work in the wilderness places. He speaks to us. He provides for us. He shows us that he prepared this place for this time, and he proves to us that he never leaves us, and he establishes us. Because in the midst of this lonely wilderness is when God filled me with the Holy Ghost. It's when God showed me who I am. He turned my loneliness into wholeness. He released me from depression and gave me hope. He took away my fear and gave me peace. He let me know that he had prepared that place for me. He used that place to settle some things in my life. In fact, the very first message I ever heard in a... uh, not the very first message, the message that I heard the night that I received the Holy Ghost was called a settling place. And God absolutely settled some things for me that night. He settled some things. He established who I am and how I live, and that will never change, never change. If you're facing a wilderness today here on Mother's Day in this beautiful place, this beautiful people, know that God has not left you. He's right in the big middle of your wilderness. Revelations 12, 6 says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God. In other words, God knew before she ever needed a reason to run that when she got there, she would need a place. He went before her and prepared the place. Just as sure as he prepared the garden, just as sure as he prepared the promised land and he's preparing heaven, He's got a place for you in the big middle of your wilderness. The Bible's full of wilderness stories. Hagar, the Egyptian, uh, the handmaid of Sarah, who became pregnant with Abraham's child, was banished and rejected not once but twice for doing what she was told to do. She found herself in the wilderness. Moses fled to the wilderness after he was rejected by his people. Joseph was put in a pit, the Bible says, in the wilderness, rejected by his brothers. David spent years in the wilderness. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and Jesus himself spent 40 days in the wilderness. It's not uncommon to find yourself in a wilderness, but know this, God does not leave you when you're in the wilderness. God does not abandon you when you're in the wilderness. Amen. Nehemiah 9, 19 and 20 says, But in your great mercy you did not abandon them to die in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud still led them forward by day, and the pillar of fire showed them the way through the night. You sent your good spirit to instruct them. 
when you get in the wilderness, it might feel solitary and lonely, and you might think nobody else is going through what you're going through, but beautiful things happen in the wilderness. God speaks to us in the wilderness. You hear his voice. He spoke to Hagar. He gave her a promise for her son and his lineage. She's an Egyptian. She's not even an Israelite. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush that he would deliver his people. He spoke to the children of Israel and gave them a plan. That's what the law is all about. It's a plan so that he could be with them. He gave them the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, so they would have a place where he came down to be with them. I've done a lot of studying about um, the uh, Moses and the leaving Egypt and going to... Uh, Mount Sinai because Bianca and Stephen are, are what, what what is it called? What what's the thing when you like do art with someone else? Like you're collaborate. Thank you. We're collaborating on a uh, a Bible study um, about the fifty days between Passover and Pentecost, and I can't wait for you guys to see it because it's going to be so cool. I'm so excited. So in studying this Genesis twenty one nineteen. Um, this is, sorry, that's not where we are yet. Um, I'll get back to the wilderness. Genesis 21, 19, and God opened Hagar's eyes because he provides for us in the wilderness. And she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle of water and gave the lad to drink. Nehemiah 9, 20 through 21, you did not stop giving them manna from heaven or water for their thirst. For 30, 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. You're not going to die in your wilderness. I promise you, you're not. You're not. You're not. He's speaking to you and he's providing for everything you need. Everything you need. We're not alone in the wilderness. You're not alone. You're going through something? No, 100%. You're in the wilderness and it feels wild. It feels lonely. It feels like there's nothing around, but you're not alone. Acts 7 and 9 says, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with them. Mark 1.13 says that, And he, Jesus, talking about Jesus, was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was there with the wild beasts, but he wasn't alone. The angels were there to minister to him. God himself wasn't alone. He was there with the angels. God establishes who we are in the wilderness when you're on the mountaintop, you don't really like look to God for establishing because you're, you're doing good. You're, you're doing great. But in the wilderness, David killed a lion and he killed a bear. And this established his understanding that God was with him. So when, when he fought, when he stood before Goliath, he knew who he was. He knew who he was. Jesus overcame Satan in the wilderness. He established who he was in the fight against the enemy. And then, because he did, Luke 4.14 says, And Jesus returned from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. That's not just because he went out there and fasted 40 days. It's because he overcame in the wilderness. Amen. Amen. What you have to know is that no matter what you're going through, God has a place prepared for you. No matter what you're going through. He's already there. He's, he's there just waiting for you. Step in, lean into that place. Recognize that God's speaking to you. He's providing for you. 
receive his good spirit to instruct you and establish you. Because when you establish places in the wilderness, that stays with you. That stays with you. You don't, you don't, you don't lose that. If you, if you will do that, you're not going to die, but you're going to live. Like David, you'll have faith to believe that you can conquer a giant because he taught you how to conquer a bear and how to conquer a lion. When Brother Walden was preaching this morning, I, I just, like, almost every point, I was like, wow, that just ties in so well with, you know, this message that God gave me to speak to you, which he gave me months ago, by the way, um, for whoever's here today. It's for you today. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, but that burning bush that, that Moses saw, that's the place where God came down and spoke to Moses did you know that that was Mount Sinai? I think, Pastor Walden, that is why they, that's why Moses went back that way. I don't think it was because um, he just wanted to prolong the journey, but I think he needed to get back to that place where God had spoken to him. He needed to feel that again. He needed to experience that again. It's the same place where God's going to speak to him for 40 days and give him the law and give him the Ten Commandments. This is a special place with Moses and God. Never underestimate the place where you hear from God. Never underestimate the place that God's spoken to you. If he's spoken to you in these altars... Man, get back in these altars. Say, God, what else do you have for me? If he speaks to you through his word, get your face back in that word. Say, God, speak to me again. Speak to me again. Tell me what's next. If you ever have heard from God in your prayer closet, I, I love what Pastor Walden said this morning. It's not all about service. It's not about what you do in church. And Man, get in your prayer closet. Pray in secret. God will speak to you, and it'll make you want to go back to that place. Because it's a place that he has prepared just for you. And as everything is with God, it's meant to be a give and take. Um, God prepares places for us, but he also expects us to prepare places for him. Right? That's why he gave us the plan of the tabernacle. So we could take part in preparing a place where he would meet us. He doesn't want to just prepare, do all these things for us and there be no interchange of, of experience with him. First Chronicles 15.1 says, And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place. David prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. That's awesome. David was thinking about, I, I know he knows that God had prepared places for him, but he was like, wow, I want to do something for you, God. I want to do something for you. So how do we prepare a place for him? Let's look at Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Let, let's, let's think about this just for a minute in real life. Um, I don't answer the door when Tim's not home. I just don't. Um, if you're sitting in your living room and you hear a knock at the door, and then you hear a voice, if you don't recognize that voice, you're probably not going to open the door. 
But if you recognize the voice, you have responsibilities now, right? You, ha- you have to get up. You have to open the door. And when you open the door, this person is expecting to eat, expecting to, to be with you for a while. Do you have something prepared? Have you set a table? Are you ready to entertain the presence of the Lord? God's coming to your house to your prayer closet with expectation of sharing a meal with you. Um, When I first started looking at this, um, I wanted to see what the context of this is, because I've quoted this for a long time. But the context of this is he was speaking to the church at Laodicea. I don't know if you remember them, but they're the people that were lukewarm. They were neither hot nor cold. And in their mind, they believed. They had their own truth. (laughs) They believed they were rich increased with goods and in need of nothing. That's how they saw themselves. But God saw them as poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. That's quite a, that's quite a contrast. We always, always have to remember, even when we're in abundance, even when God is blessing us with abundance and we have increased riches and, and we feel like we have no need of anything, we still need God. We still need, it's not about how we think, it's not about what our truth is, it's about what he sees and what his truth is. Revelations 3.20 is an opportunity for us to let go of our truth. Okay, it gives us a pattern here. Because if we get up and open the door, he's going to come in and spend time with us. I love this idea of like hosting a dinner party for Jesus, for God, for my heavenly father. I mean, that's so cool. I'm not really good at it, hosting dinner parties. I mean, I'm, I'm okay, but my daughter Morgan is like incredible. Just, she just, it's just so warm and inviting and she has everything all spread beautiful. Sister Walden, Sister Candy does a beautiful job. I mean, you just feel welcome and, and, I don't know. The Lord will just have to overlook my inabilities at (laughs) hosting a dinner party. But the idea of that is so cool to me because I know that when when God wants to meet with me, I know he wants to meet with me, first of all. It's not just me going to God and, oh, I'm sorry I'm bothering you again. No, he's waiting right there. He's like, I'm here. I'm knocking. Let me in. I want to be with you. So first of all, when you have that understanding, it gives you so much more confidence to talk to God because you know he's waiting to talk to you. And secondly, I can invite him in because I'm confident of what I have prepared for him. I've got my dinner spread out. You know, I'm like, here's the stuff, Lord, that we're going to partake of that, you know, that you're going to, and maybe he brings a dish. I don't know, like a potluck supper. Maybe he's got something he wants to give me. But we share that time together. But that's how you prepare a place for him. That's how you prepare a place for him. You anticipate. You think about it before you get there, and you invite him into that place, and you, and you just, I mean, you know, fellowship, we don't, we don't talk enough about it, but it's important to the body of Christ. It's important, and Pastor mentioned it before. You need to know each other's names. You need to know who, who everybody is because that is a strength that God has intended for us, and we need it not just with each other but with the Lord himself. We need to know him. He needs to know us in his truth. So in closing today, if you're here and you feel like you're in a wilderness, 
God has prepared a place for you. If you, feel like, if you feel like you're in the promised land, like that last song we sang, and you're on the mountain and everything's great, uh, guess what? God prepared that place for you too. Everywhere you go, he's going to prepare a place for you. So if you'll stand today, I want to take some time to let you come to this altar because I can tell you that right here in this altar, God's prepared a place for you. He's prepared a place where you can come and lay all your burdens down. You can come and give him everything you are. And in coming, you're preparing a place for him because you're saying, okay, God, you're there. I'm sorry I didn't see it. Now I know, and I'm going to come and sup with you and you with me. Come back to the place where God speaks to you. If he's ever spoken to you before in the altar, He's going to meet you again. He's not going to fail you. He's right here waiting, standing at the door knocking. I just want to pray over us. And if you feel to come while I'm praying or after I'm praying, I'm going to give the microphone to pastor. But I just want to pray over everybody in this place if that's all right. Father. Father, from the very beginning, you created places for us. You know that you want to be with us. That's, that's always been your design. I pray today, God, that anybody in this place that's walking through a wilderness, God, maybe it's sickness. Maybe they've been in this wilderness a long time and they're beginning to question. I pray today, God, that your spirit would come in and touch their minds, touch their spirits to know that you are with them. God, those mothers and fathers who have lost children. And those children who have lost their parents. Family, friends, brothers, sisters. God, be a comfort to them and know that you have a place prepared for them even in the midst of that hurt. Even in the midst of that. God, I pray for those that are having financial struggles. Those that are trying to make ends meet and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I pray for those with relationship issues, marital problems. God, the enemy, we talked about it last week, and, and, and you've done some great things, but there's still a, a fight against the marriages, against the homes in this church. And I pray that if someone's in that place and feels like there's no hope, that you will bring them, God, to an understanding that even in the midst of that, no matter what you're going through, you have a place prepared for them. God, come into this place. Come into this place. Establish some things in people's lives that they will carry with them to the end of their story, Pastor. To the end of their story that Pastor Walden spoke about. Bring them, God, to a place that will carry them. God, I pray for those that are in abundance today. I pray that you would teach them to cling to truth and not to invent their own truth. There's some wars going on. The enemy's trying to pull some people away from what they know to be truth. God, I pray that you would overshadow that. Help us to see ourselves, God, as we truly are. And last, God, I pray that we would learn to prepare a place for you. God, that we would come, not just to every church service, but every day in our private prayer closets. 
that we would say, God, here I am. Come on in. I know you're waiting to talk to me, and we're going to spend some time together. Come on in. Come on in. God, come on into this altar right now. Come on into this place right now, God, and spend some time with us. Talk to us and provide for us and show us who you are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. While she's playing, if you'd like to come and pray for just a moment, we need to come and receive this prayer that Sister Lois just spoke over us. Let's let it become part of us. Hallelujah. Come on, the Lord's here to meet you today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
I know we've got places to go and things to do, but could we stretch our hands this way one more time? Just ask everybody that's still here, would you stretch your hands and pray for these young men that are down at this altar today? The Lord's meeting them in this place. He's prepared a place, and he's meeting with them right now. Who knows what it is they're seeking today, but God knows. <laughs> Thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. Come on, church, pray. Hallelujah. They're reaching out. They're stretching out their faith right now.
There's a young man still praying for the Holy Ghost. If you're not having to leave yet, just stretch your faith this way one more time. He came here. The Lord knew he'd be here. God's got something for him. Hallelujah. one more time. Everybody stand as we get ready. We're going, after this prayer we'll be dismissed. You can go and take pictures and do things but appreciate this young man uh, uh, being here and praying. Let's, let's all get to our feet if we can. We're going to pray this last prayer. I think it'll be good for us to be standing. When the Lord told them to go tarry in Jerusalem. He had a place prepared. They went. They had an upper room to pray in. And while they were there, God met them. We're going to pray one more time and ask God to swoop in one more time. Meet us here one more time before we go, Lord. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, then let it speak. And if you need the Holy Ghost, believe you'll receive it. Let's lift our hands across the room. Everybody that will, lift your hands. Let's pray one more time. Those of you that are playing praying with MJ. Let's believe God for it right now. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for meeting us in this place. We thank you, God, that you've got a place prepared. And the Holy Ghost is going to get us there. 
today, Lord, in your name, fill your people again with your spirit. Hallelujah. Fill us again with your presence, Lord. Let those rivers of living water begin to flow in this house one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. God, we thank you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Thankful for a place that's prepared. Thankful where God meets us. Thankful for all of you being here today. Thankful for this young man praying and seeking the Lord. Just, just continue to pray and ask God to bless. I know he will. As you get ready to exit, don't forget there's refreshments. Sister Lois has her table set up out there for things that are just wonderful for you to purchase and be a blessing to her ministry. And didn't we enjoy that word today? Let's give her a hand. We appreciate that, Sister Lois. A place prepared. Well, I'm glad that God has made places in the wilderness. You know, one of those greatest miracles we read about in Scripture where Jesus fed the multitudes is in a desert place. In a, in a desert place, God's able to do a miracle. So don't you ever fret where you are because wherever you are, there he is. And wherever he is, all things are possible. Amen. Thank you for being with us on Mother's Day. All you that our mothers have a wonderful day. We love you very much, and we honor you today. Dads, we'll get you next month. God bless you. We love you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.